you'll grab your Bibles and stand back up with me tonight, I'm, I apologize for the reading of God's Word, but we're going to be in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, we're going to read a few verses there. Then I will go to John chapter 14. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. This is Jesus here. Then He called His twelve disciples together and gave them power. Turn to your neighbor and say power. And authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And He said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house she enter into, there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of the city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And skip down to verse 10. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city of Bethsaida. God, we thank you for your word and its anointing. You may be seated tonight. If you go over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Jesus says this in verse 12. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Turn to your neighbor and say, greater. Because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye seek, ye shall seek, or shall ask in my name, that I will do, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. And if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And if ye love me, if ye love me, Keep my commandments. And I will pray of the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him. For He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, and ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, and I and you. God, 
wants to dwell in you. His Spirit longs to dwell in you. If you go back to Luke chapter 9, you see that Jesus is commissioning His disciples to preach the kingdom. And not only does He commission them to preach the kingdom, but the Bible tells us that He gave them power to cast out devils and to heal the sick. How many knows that it's important that the church realizes they have power? But these men had never experienced anything like this before. And they go into the countryside, into communities throughout the countryside, and they began to preach, and they began to heal, and they began to, to cast out devils. They began to do these things. And, and, and really, when you read it in other texts, they're so excited when they come back to Jesus, and they tell Him of all the things that they had seen and done. How many would, would say without doubt in your mind to see someone crippled walk would be great. To see someone healed of cancer would be great. To see someone be relieved in their spirit from demonic oppression and possession would be great. But I want to point out to you something here in this these passages of Scripture that I read to you. So this happened in Luke chapter number 9. But when you go to John chapter 14, I, I want you to, to just remember that word great, because we're going to preach on that. But Jesus said this. Jesus did all those things that those men had done. He'd cast out devils. He had uh, healed the, the lame. He had healed the blind. He had done all these miraculous things. He had raised the very dead back to life. He had done all these things. And He tells them in verse 12 of chapter 14 that He that believeth on Me, uh, these works that I do, He shall do greater. What I want to preach to you tonight, if I can, by the Lord's help, is settling for great. Settling for great. I believe that many people in this house tonight, under the sound of my voice, if not everyone in this house tonight that have been in church in any amount of time, could say that they, there have been times where the presence of God has come in and they have felt power. They felt anointing maybe to sing a song or to give exhortation. And, and, and many people in this house tonight could say that I, I feel that I've experienced or, or I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. But I want you to realize something tonight that so did the disciples of Jesus. They, 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 they knew what it was to, to have power. They knew what it was to, to be in the presence of, of God made flesh and Jesus Himself. They knew what all that was like. They had experienced all these things. But Jesus turns and looks to them and He says, If you believe in Me, the works that I've done, you will do greater. What I'm saying here tonight, and, and I feel like I preach it all the time, 
time, but the Lord just keeps bringing me back to this, is that we so often settle for good or good enough or great, but I want you to know by the power of the Holy Ghost, which Jesus is talking about in John chapter 14, when he says, I will pray of my Father to send you another comforter. I want you to know this tonight. What he's saying is by the power of the Holy Ghost, you don't only have to do great, but you can do greater. You know, we had a great service on Sunday morning. We had a great atmosphere in worship. We had a great word in preaching. But I want you to know that God, what God wants to do in the day and hour that we're living in is not going to be contained by walls in a building because that's great. The atmosphere was great on Sunday morning. I felt the atmosphere was great in here last night as Brother Willie began to pray for people. I felt that the atmosphere was great in worship this evening. But I want you to know that I believe through the power of the Holy Ghost that PTC Ministries and the Church of Jesus Christ in this nation doesn't have to settle for great, but they can experience greater. You see, these men that experience the power of God, they, they come back to Him and they, they tell Jesus of all these things that they've done. But I want you to realize something. The Lord began to just show me something throughout the Gospels. They are disciples. What is a disciple? It's one who accepts and assists the spreading of doctrine of another. They're, they're a follower. They're someone that is, is learning. They're being a pupil. And I want you to understand that we never stop learning and, and in what I'm about to say but I want you to realize something God began to show me something in scripture these men knew what the power of God was so they thought they had experienced the power of God I believe in measure but Jesus tells them this he says listen and in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49 I quote it all the time he said go unto Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high why is that significant these men had power, right? Jesus had commissioned them. The Bible even tells us in John chapter 20 and verse 22 that Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. But I want you to realize that there was a prophetic statement. What he was saying is, I'm breathing on you now, but I'm about to plant a river on the inside of you. As I talked about in John chapter 7 when he said, The Holy Ghost will be like rivers of living water coming out of you. What he's saying is I'm not merely going to breathe upon you, but I'm going to flow within you and out of you. What he's saying is it's great for God to breathe on you. It's great for us to feel his presence. But I want you to know that greater is when he dwells on the inside of you through the power of the Holy Ghost. And you can't help but contain what you have seen and experienced. These men were merely disciples. They were, they were followers as they went into the upper room. The Bible even says in Acts chapter 1 that they were disciples. But pastor, I began to, to just read into Acts chapter 2 and I began to notice something. After the day of Pentecost had fully come and they were in one mind and one accord in one place and the Spirit of God filled the house, there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I began to notice as I read through that 
chapter that the writer Luke no longer referred to them as disciples, but he calls them apostles. You say, what does that have to do? These men knew power, right? But I will tell you, there is a power in the Holy Ghost that cannot be contained nor measured. They thought they knew what power was. There's many in the under the sound of my voice tonight. You think you know what power is. You think what it's you think you know what it's like to operate under the unction of the Holy Ghost. But I want to tell you tonight that is great. I'm so happy for that. But what Jesus has for the people under the sound of my voice tonight is not simply great, but it's greater. What does it mean to just go from a disciple to an apostle? What the Lord began to speak to me is they went in as followers and they came out of the upper room as fathers. They went in as followers, but they came out as leaders. They went in as just a mere disciple, someone learning, but they came out with power and an authority that they never known before. Peter was a denier, but on the day of Pentecost, he stood up and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the Bible says that their hearts were pricked by that power that dwelled on the inside of him, and he wasn't just merely laying hands on a sick person and seeing them recover, but he was seeing 3,000 souls come to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he had experienced great, but what Jesus had had for him through the power of the Holy Ghost was greater. I'm excited. I'm excited. You see, what I want to convey to you tonight... I, I, want, I want to get this down in you. I want you to understand my heart as a youth pastor now, about to go into seven years of being in youth ministry. I'll tell you something that I see, Crystal. These young people, yes, they're bombarded. Yes, there's all kinds of things going on in their life. I, I preach and preach about comparisons. They're, 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 these young girls especially are surrounded by comparisons that I need to look like someone else and I I need to be this and be that. Listen, let me tell you, honey, if God wanted you to be someone else, you would be someone else. But you are fearfully and wonderfully made. But I want you to understand, I under, I, I get the fact that they are bombarded on every side. I, I get the fact that high school, you know, I haven't been out of high school that long, about a, de- a decade, about 10 years, and it's so much different than it was now. I mean, I, you, you didn't even come out as homosexual when I was in high school, my high school. You didn't come out and say that. Now it's all over the place. And, and listen, we need to love these people. We need to show them the love of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm not saying you should treat them bad or do anything wrong or any, anything like that to them, but I, I want you to get this, but what I see in this present time, Sister Crystal, these young people don't need me to be relevant to them. They don't need me to to be like every other preacher and and be all tatted up and and, and uh, listen, I I have personal convictions and things. They don't need me to wear a certain style. They don't need me uh, to say certain things to them. I will tell you what has been relevant for 2,000 years uh, since the day of Pentecost uh, has 
has been the baptism of, of the Holy Ghost. He has lived from age to age, century to century, and millennia through millennia. I will tell you what this generation and what the church needs in this hour is not another program. Is We need Pentecost. We don't need another politician. We need Pentecost. We don't need another policy. We need Pentecost. What I want you to know tonight is the Lord spoke to me this. He said, Jade, I, I don't want you to preach. It's, it's not biblical. He said, I don't want you to preach that it's Holy Ghost or nothing in terms of salvation. Yes, you can be saved and not be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But he said, I want you to tell my church this. Yes, you may be saved and not filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want you to realize, but without the Holy Ghost, there is no church. If there was no Holy Ghost on Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, there is no PTC ministries. There is no church of Jesus Christ. There is no body. I want you to realize that Jesus says in our text in John 14, he's talking about you're doing greater works. You'll do greater works. Anything you ask in my name, it'll be given to you. Oh, we shout. And we, 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 we say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. But he says in verse 15, it's the disclaimer. If you love me, keep my commandments. I was talking to pastor about this earlier. I said, really, you know, Jesus did everything for a reason. He said everything for a reason. But but Brother Keaton, when you're reading that, okay, you're reading about, oh, we're going to do greater. And we're reading about that whatsoever you ask in his name, he's going to do. And then all of a sudden, Sister Sonia, he says, but if you love me, keep my commandments. This is what I want to emphasize to you tonight. For some reason in the Pentecostal church, we've gotten away from, from emphasizing the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost might, might cause you to run and shout like we did on Sunday. And, and we don't want people to, to, to be, be uncomfortable and, and all these things. And I, I want you to understand that when the, on the day of Pentecost when it had fully come and they were baptized with the Holy Ghost, it was noised abroad and everybody's like, they're drunk. But there was something that began to shift and change. And they realized that, that what Peter was saying was real. That they were not drunk as they supposed. But they were being given the power of the the Holy Ghost, I want you to realize that there's power still in Pentecost. We need to emphasize the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he said, if you let me keep my commandments, okay, keep my commandments. We think of, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's right. That's one of Jesus' commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, that's right. That's a commandment. But I want you to realize what he says as you go down and into John chapter 14 and Verse 21, he says, And he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, it is he that loves me. If you keep my commandments, you love me. And he says, And if you love me, so my Father loves you, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. He says, So if you love me, and you keep my commandments, my Father will love you, I will love you. And he said, I will love you to the point that I will manifest, or that word means in the Greek, I will will show openly myself to you. What do we consider the baptism of the Holy Ghost? We consider it... 
manifestation of the Spirit of God. So he's saying, if you love me, you keep my commandments, he's saying, I will give you a manifestation. We can go back to Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. In Luke 24 and 49, he did not ask them to go to the upper room. He did not beg them to go to the upper room. But Brother Jaden, what he said is, you are going to go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. It was a command. Peter says in Acts chapter 5 and verse 32, he tells the Sanhedrin, God has given the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. What he's saying is, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you want greater, keep my commandments. Emphasize the Holy Spirit. Emphasize the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know this tonight. Again, I'm not preaching Holy Ghost or nothing, but I will tell you without the Holy Spirit present in the church, if he's not present in the church, there is no church. You say, well, 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 Pastor, you, I'm not trying to say that that because you're saved that the Spirit doesn't live inside of you. The, the Spirit is, the, is there at salvation because He draws you. I, I, I don't want you to get all bent out of shape with me and tell me and, and, and think that I'm telling you that, that if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not saved. But I'm telling you this. I'm not telling you that, but what I'm telling you is that the the Holy Ghost is so important that Jesus would not even start His ministry until He was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon Him as a dove. Until He was filled with the Spirit, He would not even begin His ministry. Nor would He let His disciples begin their ministry in in taking the gospel to the kingdom until they went to an upper room and were endued with power from on high. What I'm trying to say to you is these disciples were believers throughout the gospels. They they, they had faith in Jesus. They trusted in Jesus. They loved Jesus. I want you to understand that. But Jesus emphasized the fact that they needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he tells them in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 that you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem in Judea in Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. What is it so important, Pastor, that we are baptized with the Holy Spirit? Why? Because there is a commission to complete. There is a command to complete. Yes, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if you love me, keep my commandments and seek for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments and go after the great commission with the power of the Holy Ghost on your life. Come to the music, please. I want you to understand that these men knew what great power was like. Many of you know, you can tell, you can sense when the Spirit of the Lord is moving. But here's what I want you to understand. That's great. But what he has for you is greater. I'm not, I I want you to hear my heart. I I don't want you to think that I'm saying because someone has the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues that they're superior or anything like that. I don't want anybody, anybody to ever think that. 
or that you're useless without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I never want anyone to think that. Because in, in Luke chapter 9, they didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they were still effective. I don't want anyone to think that. I don't want to belittle anybody. But I just want to emphasize this, that Jesus emphasized the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If Jesus thought it was so important that these men couldn't even go into the uttermost parts of the earth until they were endued with power from on high, how much more important is it for us today? When we see the world in the shape that we're in, you say, oh, it's bad. Yes, it's bad. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. But you have to think about in the day of Pentecost, it was illegal to be us. Throughout the book of Acts, they're constantly arrested. Why? Because you prayed in Jesus' name. Because you healed in Jesus' name. Constantly arrested, arrested. And we, oh, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. But Jesus said, I know, I, I know what the world's doing. But I'm giving, I'm giving you power. To not just be merely a disciple. But parents, I want you to listen to this. They went in as disciples. They came out apostles. Apostles established things. Would you say that's correct, Pastor? Apostles established things. They went from men following after things to men that began to establish things. Does that mean they, they never they, that they stopped learning? No. If, if you read on in, in John chapter 14, and I believe it's verse 26, he, he tells them, the Holy Spirit's going to teach you. He says in 1 John, the, the, the Apostle John says, the Holy Spirit is your instructor. But I want you to hear me tonight. Won't you hear my heart? Young people, I thank God. I mean, on Sunday, the exhortation. Your sister Carly gave an exhortation. That's great. I'm proud of these young people. Proud of her. Proud of all of them. But you know what? I know that God is greater. I'm thankful when young people, we have our prayer and our worship services and, and it, it, you just obey the Lord and you're sensitive to the Spirit. That's great. But I want you to know that this pastor knows that God has greater. Yes, I, I will tell you, I, I texted the worship team after Sunday and I said, Sunday was just fun. It was fun. It's fun to be in God's presence. It was fun. I was up here hopping around, acting like I'm young or something. And in shape, which I'm not. But it was fun. It was just so, it was so freeing. And that was great. But there's greater. I want to see healings.
I want to see signs and wonders. That's great. But there's nothing greater than that sinner coming down the aisle or that sinner praying in their seat or that sinner praying at their home under the unction of the Holy Ghost as He begins to draw them to a Savior, an Almighty God. There's nothing greater than that. I thank God for the great, but I'm looking for the greater. I preached a message when I was a young preacher, young, young, young preacher. I took it literally from an as-seen-on-TV paid program where they would always say, wait, there's more. And I want you to know that the baptism of the Holy Ghost, everybody says, oh, yeah. But after you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's like the Holy Spirit says, wait, there's more. There's a deeper place to go to. There's a next level of obedience to go to. But there's a next level of, 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 of fruitfulness to go to. So I want to ask you a simple question tonight. Is great good enough? Or is great great enough? Or do you want greater? Don't settle for great when greater is possible. If you stand across this house, Some were here last night. Some weren't here. It was kind of a spontaneous, semi-spontaneous prayer meeting. There was what? How many say about 25, 30? 35? Okay. People here. There's probably how many pastors? Five? Six? See, I can't count. And they were here because they desired Pastor Willie Russell to pray for them. And him, 95 years old, prayed for every person. He just sat here and prayed and prayed. And what was crazy is before he really even started praying for people, I was standing over here, me and Brother Michael were standing over here. And the Lord began to speak to me. He said, I want you to do something. And I was like, okay, I'll do that the next time I see her. Just kind of brushed it off. And then as a, people started praying and stuff, and somehow I ended up over here. And the Lord spoke to me again, Brother Jaden. He, he told me clearly. What I was to do. But he said something. He said, I want you to do this tonight. So I called Sierra and I said, listen, God's telling me to do this. I'm going to come home. 
for about 20 minutes. I'm going to love on the girls, and then I've got to go to Ohio. So I drove to Ohio last night. And I'm not saying, I'm just, I just want to testify of an encounter. Because these people were here. They wanted Pastor to, Willie to pray for them because there's just something next level about him. Just his relationship with the Lord is just, it seems so uncomparable to others. But what the Lord began to speak to me is, He began to remind me of my, my, my lineage and my heritage. And began to remind me that I was very blessed to be raised in a home where not only were my parents believers, but both sets of my grandparents were just on fire. Just on fire believers. Just on Holy Ghost filled people. And as life goes on, I only have one left. And I called my grandmother and I said, listen, I, I'm coming over. I know it's late. And she was like, well, can't you just tell me what it is? Over the phone? I said, no, I need to come there. And so I drive over there and I walk in and very little small talk and then she asked me she said what so what's what's up what's why are you here I'm glad that you're here but why are you here and I said I was in a prayer service and she looked at me and she said what did the Lord tell you and she sat down and she began to cry she began to tear up and, and I began to just this Holy Spirit just entered the room and I just began sister Terry just began to weep I said the Lord Begin to remind me that I've been blessed to have some great godly grandparents in my life. My Papa Ernie, my Papa Beecher, my, my Mamma Della, they're just prayer warriors, just people of integrity. And I said, and you're the only one left. You're the only patriarch left. I said, and the Lord sent me here, and I know it's late. She's just weeping, and I'm just weeping. I said, the Lord sent me here because He said He wanted me to pray for you. And I was to ask if you would pray for me. I said, because your generation has seen things, has seen God do things that I have not seen. You've seen God do great things, and I, I'm telling you, this was my words, and I said, and I want that. But I want greater. She looked up and she began to smile through the tears and she says, I want to see that too. And I felt like a kid again. I just fell and fell into her arms and we began to pray and she began to lay hands on me and she began to, to speak under the unction of the Holy Ghost in a manner that I, I'd never heard her before. We just stayed there and we cried and we cried and we cried. Young people, hear me tonight. They saw great things. But my grandmother 
in her 70s agreed with that but said I want to see the greater too great is great but I want the greater I began to just tell Sierra I just began to I said, it was so powerful. I wish I could describe to you the power when she just laid her hands on my head. I want you to know that I believe this, and I'm going to say this. I normally don't operate this way. I'm going to go on record. In 2022, it's going to be a spiritual blowout in this city. The Lord has revealed things to me that I, I, I don't feel at liberty to share. But I'm telling you, young people, your life is not going to be the same. And elders, your life is not going to be the same. You're not going to go to work the same way. Because God's going to begin to mess us up. And we're going to get back to an altar. We're going to get back to an upper room. We're going to get back to a place of dedication, supplication, holiness, and righteousness, and prayer. And we're going to see the Holy Ghost have His way. And we're not just going to settle for great, but we're going to see greater. And I don't say that just to say it. I believe that. God has prodded me to do things that I never would have done. To, to, to step out into areas that I'm not qualified to step out into. But I believe that God wants to blow our minds in 2022. But you can't stop it great. you got to go for greater. So if you're here tonight and you want greater, I'm going to ask you to come to these altars. I've kept you long enough. I've kept you too long. But I'm asking you to come to these altars. Young people, come. Elders, come. Parents, come. If you don't feel like praying, find a young person and pray with them. But I want you to know that God has greater for these young adults, for these teenagers, that God has bigger and better things in store for them. Lord God, I believe that they are not the tail, but they are the head. Lord, I believe Jesus that they are going to be, that many of these young people that are seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God, I believe that even before this year ends, that they will begin to receive that gift of the Holy Ghost, Lord, and they're going to step in from great to greater. They're going to see things that they never thought possible. They're going to see doors open that they never thought would open. And God, I believe that you're going before them even now and you're making their path straight. Lord God, that you're moving on their hearts and Lord, that we're no longer going to be the same, not as a youth group, not as a children's ministry, not as a church, but God, we want greater. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jade here. I want to thank you for watching today. I pray that this message spoke directly to you and challenged and transformed your life by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to invite you to connect with us on social media and stay up to date with what's happening here at PTC. And I pray that you have a great week and a great year in the Lord. We love you.